Hey everybody, good evening. Welcome to uh, your classroom for the night. My name is Mrs. Ford. You guys, I have this really weird lamp on my desk and it doesn't air. Oh, you have to like turn it, but not all the way. Still can't find my glasses, so I'm not really sure what's happening with that. Um, today on the pod, I'm going to talk about chapter 17 through 20. And things are really happening. So I want to talk about some new key characters and where we're going to go from here on out. Okay, so on chapter 17, um, the first thing that we want to note is that we're still, of course, in Mabanta. And the first thing that we, the first sort of like mm, conflict that we have is that they want, they, by they, I mean the missionaries, they want to build a church. So um, they go to the leaders of Mabanta and they say, hey, we want to build our church. Do you have a piece of land we could use? And they say, yeah, sure. You can use this place we call the evil forest and see what happens. Um, so they gave the missionaries the evil forest and then, um, they laughed the Igbo or the, the natives of Mabanta laughed because they just figured, oh, these guys are gonna die. Um, they'll be dead within four days. Ha 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 ha. Well, as the reader, I'm sure you're thinking like, actually, they're not going to be dead within four days because that's not how life works. And lo and behold, they don't die in four days. And so the people, the people of Mabanta are, are perplexed and the Christians are now sort of gaining some momentum. Um, and you have to wonder, like, how do you, how do you establish a religious system or like, I mean, this, this religious system is just going to get proven wrong in some aspects or maybe proven right in others. Okay. So then we have this character named Mr. Kiaga, um, and he is in charge of the congregation and Mr. Kiaga seems to be like a really nice guy. And one thing that emerges in the latter part of the book that is so relevant to today's world is this concept of leadership, right? Like who is the leader of your people? And the leadership is really key. Um, and I hope that you guys are all thinking about that same concept in the real world. We're now getting to know so many leaders, right? Like we know, we know the names of so many governors. Um, you probably hear all sorts of leaders names from other countries mentioned in the news on a daily basis. And they're really key players. Not only are they communicating with other countries, they're communicating with their own people. We are asking people to do some really bizarre and annoying and in many cases detrimental things right now. We're saying, don't go to work. Don't see your friends. Like you need a person who can communicate that so that people comply. And so people actually are informed on what's happening. Uh, that was a digression, but I'm just saying leadership is key in the real world, in the book. So Mr. Kiaga seems to be a really nice guy. And, um, she, we also note that there are some converts that come over from, um, from the people of Mabanta, the natives. And we have a, our first woman, and she has had a lot of twins, and she's very, quote, heavy with child. So she's going to have twins again, and she would like not to be forced to kill them, so she goes to the Christian church. Um, we we unfold um, this conflict between Nuoye and Opankwo. And basically, Nuoye is just completely fed up and says, after Nuoye almost kills him, um, he leaves. And he goes back to Amofia, where the white missionary had set up its school. So he goes to school there. Um, and then there's at the end, this part where at the end of chapter 17, when Okonkwo says, 
Um, Okonkwo felt a cold shudder run through him at the terrible prospect, um, like the prospect of annihilation. He saw himself at his father's crowding round their ancestral shrine, waiting in vain and sacrifice and finding nothing but ashes of bygone days and his children, the wild praying to a white man's God. This means that like if Okon- when Okonkwo dies, if he- all of his children are Christian converts, he will really not have an afterlife because that your, your ancestral spirit is only strong if people are coming to worship you. And if Okonkwo's offspring all convert, that would never happen. Sip of water. Okay. So he gets very frustrated at Nooye. Um, In chapter 18, uh, we have a lot of people who, um, I shouldn't say a lot. We have people who begin to convert to Christianity. And all of a sudden we have this mention of Ifu Lefu. And the Ifu Lefu are these converts that... um, come from, oh wait, hold on one sec. What am I saying? I just want to make sure I'm not making a mistake here. That would be embarrassing. Let me just read the opening part. The young church Mabanta had a few crises early in life. At first, the clan had assumed that it would not survive, but it had gone on living and gradually becoming stronger. The clan was worried, but not over much. If a gang of Ifu Lefu decided to live, oh yeah, that is what I'm thinking. Okay. So this word means like the people who are outcast from the native Igbo people. And they're like, yeah, go ahead, go live in the church. We don't care. Um, but this is the first mention we have of the government. And this is really the thing. I don't want to give too much away. But the government is really the thing that takes everybody down. So the church is one thing and the government is another thing. Um, but this is the first mention that the government has come to town. Okay. So we have uh, we have all of these Osu or outcasts joining the clan. And I think it's interesting that we didn't really know about these people before, but now we know that there are people who like can't take titles. They're the lowest of the lowest class. They have no excuse me, prospect of raising their status. So they um they convert to Christianity. Then we get this um we get this um Thing that happens in the second part of 18 where somebody kills a python and it's important for us to note that the python is a sacred um, animal in the world of the Igbo and um, and at first the clan doesn't know how to react to this on the top of page 152 when they're when they're meeting it says um, it is not our one of the men at the meeting when they meet over the sacred killing of the sacred python says it is not our custom to fight for our God, said one of them. Let us not presume to do so now. If a man kills the sacred python in secrecy of his hut, the matter lies between him and God. We do not see it. We did not see it. If we put ourselves between God and his victims, we may receive blows intended for the offender. And then, of course, Okonkwo was like, no, let's fight these jerks. Nobody wants to. Okay, so what this looks like is by the end of the chapter, the guy... Um, the guy who killed the Python is like, suddenly he's dead. And the the last line says the clan saw no reason to, for further molesting the Christians, meaning the clan now believes like they don't have to bother the Christians anymore or harass them. They feel like, Oh, we don't have to go to bat. We don't have to fight for our gods. Our gods will seek revenge on their own. 
and then that guy randomly dies. So who knows what that means, but it sounds like the gods got their revenge. Um, what you want to notice are these like small escalations between the Ebo and the church, right? So we don't have a full-on war yet. It's like these small things that go back and forth. In chapter 19, we have Okonkwo's last harvest season in Mavanta before he gets to go back home. Um, so he has been keeping in touch with Obi Eureka, and that's kind of the way that he's prepared his land. Um, and then chapter 18 or chapter 19, sorry, is all about his last and final, um, I don't even know if you would call it a festivication, but he throws this really big dinner for all of his relatives and he says, thank you. Um, I want to read the passage that I asked you guys about on the questions at the very end. Um, and it's from one of the oldest members of the clan and he speaks to thank Okonkwo at the very end. It ends on a very unauspicious or unlucky note. He says, I feel for you, I fear for you young people because you do not understand how strong the, how strong is the bond of kinship. You do not know what it is to speak with one voice and what is the result? An abominable religion has settled among you. A man can now leave his fathers and his brothers. He can curse the gods of his fathers and his ancestors like a hunter's dog that suddenly goes mad and turns on his master. I fear for you. I fear for the clan. And this is really what's happening is the biggest problem the Igbo people face is that their own people are converting to Christianity because now they can't attack the clan. They can't intentionally hurt people in their, or they can't intentionally attack the missionaries because they cannot kill their own people. They, that's like, you know, something they just don't do. So this is a really big deal to them. Even if, you know, not only does it prevent them from, quote, attacking, it really just means that their belief system is totally fractured. If, if a bunch of them are converting, it really lessens the, or, you know, it like brings down the power of, of the clan if they're losing people to Christianity. Okay, then we have chapter 20. So this is when Okonkwo goes back to Amophia. And in terms of plot and structure, this is huge that he's been gone while the Christians have been, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Like invading Umofia the whole time because he's, he's going to say like, why didn't we attack these people from the beginning? And he probably would have tried to do that, but he wasn't there. And so it's a really cool move on Achebe's part to do this because now Okonkwo we, he doesn't get to fight with his body because he's outnumbered and they're more powerful and they've made themselves more powerful. So he's really excited to go back. And Azima is now a woman, a young woman, and she's beautiful and she's going to be married off. And Okonkwo is excited for his daughters to get married, for his sons to take on these titles. Um, but when he comes back, he realizes that Omofia has really changed. So not only is there a church, but there's also the government. And this is a new key component of the book. On page 163, it says, but apart from the church, the white men had also brought a government. They had built a court where the district commissioner judged cases in ignorance. He had a court messenger who brought him men who brought men to him for trial. Okay. So this is a really key thing because when you hear words like government and trial. What has happened now is the Europeans have brought their system and understanding of justice, and they are now imposing it on the Igbo people 
but they're not taking the time. They're not taking the time to learn the customs of the Igbo people. And a lot of you guys talked about this in your last response where you said, look, like everything the Igbo people do isn't necessarily right. But now that we've read it from their perspective, we at least can understand why they do what they do. The, the Europeans have not taken those steps. So they see, they only see the very surface of the Igbo people, which is probably the worst parts. Um, so they don't have any understanding of the Igbo system of justice. Okay. Um, so Okonkwo comes back and he says, you know, this is ridiculous. We have to kill these guys. Why, why you know, why haven't you guys done this? And they kind of say, well, cause we heard, you know, these missionaries, these white guys, they're knocking out entire villages. Um, and so then Okonkwo starts to hear these horror stories about what has happened to people who have been arrested. And he says, does the white man understand our custom about land? And someone replies, he can't, he, how can he, when he does not even speak our tongue, he says, our customs are bad. Our own brothers have taken up his religion. Also say our customs are bad. How do you think we can fight when our own brothers have turned against us? And so this is kind of the hard part is that like a lot of people like Obi-Rika know that some of their practices are bad, but they, that doesn't mean they're ready to sacrifice their identity or give up everything that they've believed in. And this is a really sticky situation that many young people, people your age talk about. If we were together, we would talk about this. Like every time every young person goes through that development or that path developmentally of like, you know, I'll give you an example for my youth suddenly saying it's Sunday morning. I don't want to go to church. You're not going to make me go to church. Right. Where there's major pushback on the established traditions. But in this case, it's really different. You know, they're not, the young people aren't necessarily sure how to move their people forward. So instead they just leave, which really puts some cracks in the identity of the Igbo people. Um, at the end, we end on this really depressing note where, um, Okonkwo starts to understand all of these horrible things the district commissioner has done and how he's killed men from the village. And he, I don't know that Okonkwo understands why his village is reacting the way that they are, but he certainly is learning, you know, they're sort of telling him like, it doesn't matter. They'll hunt you down. They'll kill you. They'll hang you. And so Okonkwo is now realizing that upon his return to the village, he's only one guy. Like he can't, he can't take these white guys on himself. I mean, I guess he could try. Um, so things have really changed. Now that things are changing so fast, the question becomes, is there any way to do this in a way that wouldn't is there any way to do this where we don't have to annihilate a culture? I don't know, guys. That's kind of the biggest question I'm going to ask you as we move forward. Okay, so that's 17 through 20. Um, we really only have two more readings left, and I'm telling you, this book is going to fly by from here on out. So if you've made it this far, I'm sure you're very interested to see what is going to happen to our guy Okonkwo and his village. So keep reading. Um, 17 through 20 are due tomorrow at midnight, and then we're going to read. Um, I have, hold on. 21 through 23 are due on Thursday. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.